the college basketball experience Pac-12 offseason check-in episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's w y n n bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating at your bets, make sure you grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And lastly, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, us. The NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week. So make sure you get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store and download it today. This is my team, Cleese, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome. Welcome to the college basketball experience. Pac 12 off season check-in episode. My name is Colby swinging Dan to base Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick and I'm joined by my co-host. I mean the DFS God himself. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's up, man? You ready to talk some college basketball in, in early June? I mean, let me just cue in with the Dundee music. Oh, Pac 12? This is a conference that was somewhat laughed upon a couple of years ago in basketball, but last year's tournament, the PAC 12 just cashed in as a conference when they had magical runs. Uh, UCLA almost went to the NCAA championship. This was a team that was the, the last four in went to overtime in the first round. Oregon state made a run deep. Oregon made a run deep. Colorado made the tournament and took down the Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, I, I, USC, I think, won a game or two, right? I mean, just a uh, overall a great, great year for the conference. I'm wondering, what am I forgetting here? When, and that was a year that Arizona imposed a ban on themselves, or maybe they had been in. Who knows? Um, but Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, USC, Colorado, I think that is all the ones that uh, really made big statements in the NCAA tournament and uh, excited to, to preview them coming into this year. Trust me. I'm done. I, I all day. I've been working in the office, writing up this sheet, going through, uh, you know, returning starters, uh, who's back, what to look forward to. And it gets me excited, man. It gets me excited. No, November is far away, but uh, first off, what's your take on the pack 12 buddy? Well, first off, USC won three games in the tournament. They made the freaking elite eight before losing to Gonzaga. So USC beat Drake. They knocked off the three seed Kansas Jayhawks, and then they beat Oregon to go all the way to the elite eight before losing to Gonzaga. So wonderful, well, wonderful tournament for the Pac-12. It, it ranks up there with what the ACC did. Uh, was it like five or six years ago? That I think the ACC had six of the eight. Elite eight schools, three of the four final four schools, but I think they won the national championship that year. I think I was UNC, I believe. Um, I, so, I mean, I made this case on our last episode, and I want to bring it up for the people that maybe didn't listen to that that are Pac 12 fans. But if, if Jalen Suggs doesn't make that wild shot, I would have been really, really interested to see UCLA Baylor because I think UCLA would have gave them a much better game, and I, I wouldn't have shocked me if UCLA won that thing. I mean, obviously, I think Baylor was the best team in the nation, but it wouldn't have shocked me. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, they would. Uh, you know, I think Gonzaga kind of got out tough that game. They got 
you know, the athleticism for Baylor was uh, definitely a key factor and against UCLA, that might not have been the case. It would have been interesting. I still favor Baylor to win, Yeah, but you know, funny, it's kind of funny that the 11 seed would have possibly made a better game than the number one overall Gonzaga Bulldogs. I, I mean, but I, I think for sure because UCLA had that moxie, like they're young and dumb. They know they're not supposed to be there, but I feel like but they they were more athletic than Gonzaga. I think in, in certain ways, and I just think the fact that when you're when you're young and dumb, we saw what they almost did. I mean, we saw what they did to the whole tournament. So I I think that uh, that would have been a really good game. Now, obviously, it would have favored Baylor, but. I wouldn't have shocked me if there was two right. minutes, two minutes left and this, and that game was tied up. Right. And it look, I mean, this, the conference as a whole has come a long way in a pretty short amount of time. I believe it was the 2018 season when the PAC 12 was just awful. Yeah. Right? I think, I think they had two teams made, make the NCAA tournament. They both lost in the first round. I think one of them was Arizona state playing in the play in game. So they didn't even make it to a first round site. They lost in Dayton in the, in the play in game. So Fast forward only three years, and you have one of the best NCA performances ever. And you had what you know, one Final Four team. You had a couple Elite Eight schools. So I think three, three uh, Elite Eight, right? Didn't you, UCLA, USC, and Oregon, right? And oh, Oregon State. Four, four Elite Eight. No, no, schools? no, no, no. Uh, just, just three: USC, UCLA, Oregon State. Oregon only made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, and Colorado losing to USC. And Colorado made it to the the field of thirty two. So un- yes. unbelievable yes. run, though. Unbelievable run. Um, and, and looking in, and and I, I think if you're a Pac twelve basketball fan or perhaps one of these teams, it, it can only get better. I, I mean, yes, you're like okay, only get better as in the regular season. Obviously, that that type of run in the postseason any conference, it's hard to beat that. But right. I think with Tommy Lloyd coming into Arizona, we're going to touch on a lot of these new hires and, and, and some of these teams reloading, it could be a special year again this year. I mean, I, things I, look bright. They're only up and up. That's for sure. And, and let's start out with uh, the team that we were just referring to UCLA, Mick Cronin. Uh, you know, I, I, I noted this when they, when it was a really ugly coaching hire at first or coaching search because they fire Alfred and then the coaching search, a bunch of people turned them down. Bunch of people they try to get someone. I forget all the names they tried to get. I, I know they they were on like their sixth or seventh candidate. L.A. Times here in in Los Angeles was was making fun of how bad this hiring process has been and what has happened to UCLA. And then and I noted this. This was a blessing in disguise. Who was it that that agreed and then disagreed? Oh, Rick Barnes. Agreed and then went back on it, and they ended up with Mick Cronin. They they, they tried to get a few other coaches who didn't take. Cronin the bait. is so much of a better coach than Barnes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Mick Cronin's. A, I I m- remember noting that saying this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, uh, as much as the L.A. Times, they didn't know who's this kid from Cincinnati, who's this coach from Cincinnati. They didn't know anything, and I felt like they kind of like thought this is this is terrible and. You're seeing what Mick Cronin can do. The guy's a good basketball coach, and you look at this projected starting five. First off, they're bringing in the number eight recruit in the country in, in small forward Peyton Watson uh, from Los Angeles, and also uh, number fifty-five recruit in the country with shooting guard Will McClendon, and then Miles Johnson transferring in for Rutgers. This guy, horrible free throw shooter, but unbelievably athletic, great shot blocker. Uh, the real question here, because there's a bunch of other key pieces coming back. We saw it with this team, how young this team was. Johnny Jazang, we're going to find out in the next week or two if Jazang's coming back or not. If they get Johnny Jazang back, this could be the best team in the nation. Even without him, I think they're going to be a top 10 to 15 team when you look at Tiger Campbell coming back, uh, uh, Jaime Jaquez coming back, Cody Riley, Jules Bernard, uh, mixed with some of those freshmen, David Singleton. Um, I, I really feel like this team and you added miles Johnson, the big man, this could be, if Jazan comes back, I could see many publications having them ranked number one. They are absolutely loaded. But before we talk too much about this coming year, let's take one quick step back. Uh, Cronin's first year UCLA was not good. The first half of the season we saw in the second half, they made big strides and they were really hot. Going, going into to the Pac-12 tournament yeah. before COVID canceled it, they, then 
in the preseason last year, I remember doing the Pac-12 preview with you. UCLA was my team to win the Pac-12. You know, the regular season wasn't great for them. Again, they had all kinds of injury problems, and I think they had some COVID problems. Yeah, finally they they showed their potential in in March, and they kind of yeah. I mean, I don't know. Even though I was high on UCLA in the preseason, I don't know if I expected that. Yeah, well, Chris (laughs) Smith, I think their their leading scorer. Uh, in early January, he got out for the season. He's gone now. Yeah. But Jalen Hill, also their starting power forward, he just—I I think it was COVID—and then just opted out, and he's not even coming back to UCLA. I don't know what's going on there. So yeah. that's what was sh- so shocking as we looked at that and we said, "Well, there's no way." But then the team really came together. I love the way they played, man. I, look, I get it. It's UCLA. It's a—it's a blue blood, but. It, watching that team play in the NCAA tournament, I don't think there was a, a a team that I enjoyed more watching than UCLA. And especially, I mean, the cast of characters with Juzang, Jacquez, and you know Tiger Campbell with his long dreads and everything. Jules Bernard, big big yeah. time shots. Yeah, they did. They were they were a really fun team. It, it kind of reminded you. I mean, they were an 11 seed, so they were an underdog. So it's rare to have a blue blood as an underdog. But let's face it, UCLA hasn't been good in a, you know since a Ben Howland. Good, yeah, yeah, ten years or, or more. So uh, I think everybody has started rooting for them, and it'll be interesting this year. Now that the target is on their back, you know, rather than uh, the hunter, they are now the hunted. But we mentioned last week when we were uh, you know checking in on the Big Twelve that I think Kansas had a shot for number one at preseason. You know what? If Jazang comes back, I think UCLA is better than Kansas, and and yeah, they probably should be number one. Yeah, if Jazang comes back, and I, I I really think that Miles Johnson transfer from Rutgers. Uh, look, this guy's not your your like he he's not going to be a guy that you go to in the low post, but he's unbelievably athletic and big and a shot blocker and put back dunks. I think that's going to really help this team because if anything. I saw in the, the, those games when they were tested, I know that they were anticipating Jalen Hill to be there, but they were a little small. Yeah. Cody, Cody Riley and played then, huge for them. You add miles Johnson to that some depth at the, at the big man spot now, because Cody Riley's back. And then you mix him with miles Johnson. It I, all of a sudden, not only do they become a really good defensive team with the addition of Johnson, I just feel like if Jazan comes back, you're probably right. They're probably the best team on paper in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, strong, one through five, you got two or three nice players coming off the bench. You got an influx of talent and the freshmen, you know, miles Johnson, huge get, there's nothing not to like with UCLA. As you mentioned, even if Juzang leaves, I, I still think UCLA is going to have a very good season and contend for the PAC 12 title. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so ceiling is NCAA is national championship, right? <laughs> Yeah, of course, right. Yeah. If you're the number one team in the preseason, then yeah. you 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 have your eyesights on on cutting down the nets. And I guess we can't make a full gauge on that until Jazang. We know Johnny Jazang's situation, but man, uh, I'm excited. I'll be honest. I live I live like uh, you know probably probably five miles from the university, right? So um, I plan on hitting a lot of games this year. So. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going kind of in the way preseason projections are probably going to indicate uh, the, these, these rankings with the exception of a school or two, but at, at number two, I want to talk about the team that traditionally is, has been that team that has probably been over the past decade, the best team in the, in the, in the pac 12. And that's the Oregon ducks with Dana Altman, who, who you can make a case as much as Mick Cronin's a great coach. You can make a case. Dana Altman's the best coach in the pac 12. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've been singing his praises for years and you look at this team Classic Oregon, where Duarte's gone, L.J. Figueroa's gone, uh, Amarori's gone, um, Chandler Lawson gone, but they did. Get, they are bringing back Will Richardson, and then they got some great talent in the transfer portal. Uh, Davion uh, Harmon from Oklahoma, who we know was a key player on the on the Sooners last year, he's a gunner. He can really fill it up from deep. And Jacob Young, who was a baller at Rutgers, another one of those Rutgers players that 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 somehow left. Uh, and then Quincy Guerriere, who we we touched on the Illinois and Syracuse transfer, played big for Syracuse last year. Uh, and you add in the number twenty five recruit in the country in, in Nate Nate Biddle from Napa Valley, a center. Him and Frank Kepnang will probably spit or split time at the at the center spot. There's a lot to like here. They they got, even got a good JUCO transfer coming in. I mean, w- w- what's your take on the Ducks? 
Yeah, we you know we were high on them last year, and, and last year they de- they really played small ball big time. They they really did not have a, a big guy. Well, no, and they they lost in Folly Dante for the year. He's right, coming and back. He's coming back. And That's another huge be, thing. He may yeah. be the uh, in in that starting lineup. I know the projected uh, starting five has that guy Kepnang, and I don't recall him last year. Are you familiar with him at all? Yeah, briefly, but Nafali Dante was is a key. Like to me, when he was healthy, yeah. that's why we thought, man, Oregon could really be, really right. be good because that guy's athletic. He's good. I'm actually surprised they don't have him penciled in as a start. Maybe because I, I I know he got injured in like January, late January. So maybe, maybe I don't know this the the degree right. of that injury, but maybe that's it, the the reasoning. Yeah. Either way, Oregon's going to be very good again. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, you know, last year they finally got called up. You know, playing small ball against USC, where the Mobley twins just just beat them up inside, and and they couldn't hang with the Trojans. But yeah, uh, Oregon is going to be very good again. These guys can score the basketball with the best of them. I would expect. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be right there with UCLA. I give UCLA the edge, but I think uh, Oregon is again that they're you know Sweet Sixteen potential, maybe even a round or two further. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you. Yeah, I would say, gun to my head, yeah, Sweet Sixteen. But it wouldn't shock me. Granted, we have to see these guys play together. Um, because it's a lot of transfers. It's some freshmen. It's Nafali Dante who didn't play much of the season a year ago, but I would say, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they made an elite eight or even a final four. I, I do. I, I, I wouldn't say for sure that they're a final four team, but it wouldn't, sh- they have the talent to make it to the final four. Agreed. Uh, let's, let's go back to Los Angeles and talk USC. Andy Enfield doing a good job. Underrated coach. In my opinion, underrated coach came over from Florida Gulf coast a few years ago. Uh, and this is one they're pending Isaiah Mobley, the other Mobley brother. Um, that would be, I think he's going to come back if I had to bet because I, I, the projections don't have him really that high. They get boogie Ellis coming in from Memphis. We know boogie Ellis was a good player on that Memphis team. He's they, solid. He's they, solid. Yeah. They got the number 77 recruit Malik Thomas shooting guard from Los Angeles coming in. Uh, then you got the likes of Ethan Anderson. This guy played big for him last year. Um, Drew Peterson and uh, Chavez Goodwin probably going to round out that starting five. What's your take? Uh, I know some people, some publications thinking they're a top twenty-five team. What's your take on Andy Infield's bunch? Yeah, you know, I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be pretty good. I think they'll be a tournament team. I think uh, you know, probably in the twenty to twenty-five range, somewhere around there. They'll be good enough to uh, you know step up and and, and uh, bite the big boys from time to time. But I think the team has a little bit of a ceiling, especially without the star power of the better Mobley twin, who is going to be a very rich man soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I still like the team. I still, it's still. I mean, it's rock solid. I just think they they probably lack that one superstar, which really put them over the top. You know, in that run they had last year, solid team. Uh, Enfield's doing a good job, but they, this this squad does have a ceiling. Best case scenario, what Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I. Agree. I don't think they go as far as last year. Yeah, they could be out in the first round or second round, uh, but I do think they're a tournament team. I would agree there. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think Enfield. That's probably the best USC coach in a while because I, I, I think that would put him at three or four NCAA tournaments in a row, which I can't remember that happening. And he's kind of gone about it quietly, like yeah. especially for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure things are different with you out there in LA, but. Um, be on the East Coast, you didn't really hear much, and then you know maybe, maybe late January, early February last year, you started hearing about this Mobley guy. And I mean, I'm a college basketball nut, so I had heard about him before. But I'm talking about the average college basketball fan who doesn't they they, they could not name anybody on USC the last four or five years. Yeah, but finally we started hearing about Mobley, and people started tuning in. Like, damn, you know, not only is is he pretty good, this team's pretty good. And come March, they showed you what they were capable of. Actually, though, I stand corrected. They didn't go in nineteen, but but they did the the two. So he's still doing a good job. He's taking them to three NCAA tournaments. So uh, that's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they're dancing again too. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to see the pecking order. Uh, I know we're at the end of the episode. We'll make a projection of what we think this pecking order will be. But uh, let's talk Arizona. Tommy Lloyd coming in from Gonzaga. I think that was. I know Damon Stott, not not Damon Stott. Who was it? Gilbert Arenas 
was stating that they should have hired Stoudemire or something, uh, you know, <laughs> no disrespect to Stoudemire. Cause I thought he did, did a decent job at Pacific, but Tommy Lloyd was a home run hire. Uh, he was at Gonzaga for what? 20 years as an assistant. Now this team, obviously with a new coach, Transfers left Terrell Brown, Jamaro Baker, James Aquino, uh, Ira Lee, Jordan Brown, Daniel Bacho, all gone. Um, but with losing some, they, they did bring in a couple uh, Gonzaga transfer, uh, uh, Justin Keir from Georgia, a Utah transfer, and Pell Larson. Um, I don't really know what to make of this team because this is almost like we said in every conference, there's a team where all these transfers, I got no idea what to project. What do you think of, of Arizona? Yeah. I mean, first off, I, I mean, I, I guess Tommy Lloyd slam dunk higher. Is that what you said? I just, th- I think dude, a guy's been a 20 assistant at one school for 20 years. He's, he hasn't even taken, I thought like he had turned down interviews before. So I just think that was a slam dunk hire. I, I mean, I think it was a good hire, but I'm not calling it a slam dunk because we've never seen this guy be a head coach before. Granted, great assistant coach, help, you know, build up one of the best programs in the country right now. Definitely do his shot to be the head man. But look, we don't really know that much about him. So I'm not going to say slam dunk. I'm going to say it was a good hire. I don't blame Arizona for hiring him. It, it, it certainly seems like, you know, it was a, a very appropriate hire, but let's see how he does. Uh, and this year is going to be somewhat challenging. I think they have some talent. They have some decent guys coming back and, and, these names, I butchered these names all last year. I, I still don't think I've, I've, I've learned the correct pronunciation in Matherin or Tubelis or Coloco. I mean, can we get some Smith and Jones and Johnson's here? <laughs> but you know, with uh, the couple of guys, couple of bench guys coming in from Gonzaga, uh, Larson was, was pretty good at Utah last year. And Justin Keir or Kier was solid at Georgia last year. Overall, you know, I, I think they'll be decent, uh, but I think, you know, better things will be, you know, next year and the year after that, it'll be interesting to see how Lloyd molds this program, whether he'll try to do, you know, a carbon copy of Gonzaga, meaning, you know, bringing in uh, transfers, bringing in a lot of foreign players. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, it'll be interesting to, 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 you know, see how they uh, do this year as well as the coming years. What do you think? Are they a tournament team this year? I'd say no. I I would say that they miss out. I, you know, maybe a, a bubble team, but not not a lot of experience. And even though a lot of transfers are coming in, we've never seen them perform. You know that well on a large stage. So I, I'm going to say no. I think they're in, and I'm going to make a case besides Tommy Lloyd and 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 a roster that I just don't know what to expect. But we didn't have fans last year. I think Arizona is one of the livest places for college basketball in the Pac-12. And with getting fans back, I think that's a huge home court environment advantage for them. So I'm going to say they barely get in, but yeah, it's year one. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're out in the first round. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, a little disagreement is good for the podcast. I'll say last year they were at 17, 17 and nine overall 11 and nine in conference. I actually expect somewhat of a similar record. I think uh, they have less talent this year, but perhaps better coaching. Um, so I think that will probably leave them on and the fans. wrong side of the bubble and fans true, but, <laughs> but you know, Hey, on all the road trips last year, they were playing in arenas that are usually pretty raucous that didn't have fans either. So that's true. That, that, that goes for every team. That's true. Okay. Let's talk sun devils. Cause I think it's a big year for your guy, Bobby Hurley. Actually, you know what, before, uh, before I talk sun devils, let me tell you guys that the college basketball experience is brought to you by win bet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. Um, yeah, let's, this is a gigantic year, I think, for Bobby Hurley. I, I can't even blame them too much for last year because they had so many COVID issues. Um, so many personal issues. I remember Remy Martin, I think is his dad or the guy who took care of him. Maybe it was a stepdad died. Uh, yeah, it was really hard. I remember they, I think I was watching a game late in the season and they said the amount of different starting fives, this team had started. It was almost every game. They almost went the whole season starting different, a different starting five, almost every, every game. So, uh, 
here's the big one. Marcus Bagley's in the NBA draft, but he could be coming back. If, if they get him back, I understand the transfer portal was, was crazy for them. Eddie house's son, Jalen house gone to New Mexico with, he's going to be with Patino Remy Martin, their leading scorer goes to Kansas. A few other ones. Holland woods was a solid bench player. And, and same with uh, Tayshawn cherry, go to the, go to grand Canyon, the dental school. Um, <laughs> grand Canyon made the tournament though. Bryce drew doing some things, but they also, so they bring back, if they can bring back Bagley, they got the number 27 recruit in the country coming in and, you know, Oh man. <laughs> Bokai. Bo-ek-ai. Yeah. From Ontario, Canada. He's a center. That is a big get for Bobby Hurley. But then you add in Josh Christopher's back. He averaged 14 points, five boards a season ago. A couple key bench players, Jalen Graham, sophomore forward and, and a super senior. This was a great thing for Bobby Hurley here as the, is getting that fifth year senior uh, Kamani Lawrence back eight points, five boards a game. And then they, they were active in the transfer portal, brought in DJ horn, sophomore guard from Illinois state averaged 15 points a game in the Missouri Valley. Also brought on uh, uh, brought tra- via transfer Marion Jackson from Toledo. That guy's good. Yeah. I watched him play 18.6 assists per game. And then Jay Heath from Boston college. You should know him too, Nick from uh, getting 14, 14 and a half points a game in the ACC. This is another one. Uh, the transfer portal. There's a lot of turnover here, but you got to think if they get Bagley back, I expect Bagley to be one of the best players in the Pac-12. If if he comes yeah. back, yeah, yeah. If he comes back, you have a, a really solid seven deep here. My problem with Arizona State is that, as much as I liked Bobby Hurley as a player, being a Duke fan, I've never liked him as a coach. Uh, typically, it's his teams are kind of soft. I think they don't play much defense. They're kind of run and gun, high scoring. They're good at home, not very good on the road, which kind of it's a sign of of not great coaching, if you ask me. Um, and even those, I think he made the tournament at least once. I think twice. No, I think they, they twice. Snuck in. Yeah, but I think they lost in the first round both times, and I thought they were fraudulent both of those years. Uh, I bel- sound accurate. I know he. I, I I'm pretty sure he got them there twice. I'm pulling up the record now. He's at yeah. And he might, he probably would have got him in a third time had COVID cause they were 20 and 11. Uh, so probably would have got him in three times, but yes, um, they lost in the first four in, in, in 18 and in 19, they lost in the first round. Damn. I'm good. So they haven't won a game yet. I believe that's correct. But, but overall right, though, so. but overall though, I mean, he short of last year, which like I said, I think you got to throw, throw up an asterisk next to last year, considering their problems. Yeah, fair uh, enough. He's had three 21 seasons in a row at Arizona State, which hadn't happened in, consistently in a while. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think he's doing a decent job. I just, I, I just don't trust him. I, like I don't trust him in a big game. I don't trust him come March. Uh, this season just may depend on what what Bagley does. If he leaves, there's still some talent there. I just think they're going to be really thin. Uh, but if he comes back, then, you know, on paper, they're pretty loaded. I think, you know, if he comes back, I, I, I'll say they make the NCAA tournament, but I, you know, I might fade them round one again, especially if they're like, I don't know, like a five seed or a six seed. I'm just saying, watch out for that 12 or, or that 13 seed. Um, and, so yeah. And to your point, I want to add in his two years at Buffalo, he finished first place in the Mac both years, but he made the tournament once with Buffalo. They lost in the first round. Nate Oates came in after him, took Buffalo past the first round, I think twice. So, yeah, I mean, come on, but Buffalo wasn't, so, they're not supposed to win a yeah. first round game, yeah. you know? So True. I'm not going to, you know, criticize him too much for that one, but I will criticize him for his first round exits with the Sun Devils. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's another uh, early departure uh, from the tournament. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think you, I think if Bagley's back, I think this could be a, a team that ends up in the top 25. I'll tell you that I will have them ranked higher than Arizona. So I think, um, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves that we're going to try to rank these towards the end of the yeah, podcast, yeah. but I think the top three, they, they might just be locked in there. I think you're forgetting about one team. We're going to get to in a second here, but uh, all right, well, let's just, we'll save that for later on, but I expect uh, a a solid season, especially if Bagley comes back. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this is an interesting one. Talking hot seat, Mike Hopkins in Washington. Um, Interesting. 
you know, they were horrible last year and it was weird because they were talented. Um, you look at this year's team and I'm thinking, Hey, I know on paper last year, Nick, I think in the preview for the PAC 12, I said, this team's too talented to be that bad. Now I'll say this, his first two years at Washington were great. 21 and 13 year one, 27 and nine year two. But the last two years, he finished 12th and 11 in the conference uh, at a combined 20 and 38, those two years. And those are pretty talented teams. He still has a winning record in, in Seattle, but I think it's a huge year for him here. And if you look at this team, first off getting Dejon Davis from uh, Stanford was huge. That's a huge in-state or in-conference transfer. They also, uh, I mean, they pulled, they got some, some decent transfers here. Emmett Matthews from West Virginia, who I think was a talent. Yeah. And then Terrell Brown from, from Arizona, you know, Terrell Brown didn't get a lot of minutes last year, but the year before was at the university of Seattle where he averaged, I think like 20 points a game. So I I think he can be a, a, with given more minutes, be, be someone that could be a, a contributor on this team. Um, then you look at, they get PJ Fuller, a transfer from TCU. They landed the 76, uh, I'm sorry, the 74th recruit in the country and center Jackson grant. Um, and the real story is Jamal Bay coming back too. Jamal Bay was a beast. One of their best players on the team a season ago, they bring in the number two Juco player in the country in Langston Wilson. Um, I, I don't know. I don't trust this guy as a head coach, but I mean, they lost a ton in the transfer portal. Sahonis who was a really good player for them. He ends up going to VCU, Eric Stevenson, who I, I, I had, was a big fan of when he was at Wichita, he transfers to, to South Carolina and uh, you know, a couple other role players, Hamir Wright ends up at North Texas, where, or I think that could be a good thing for, for North Texas. Um, but I still think you look at this projected starting five and I have no idea about this Juco kid, Langston Wilson, but if he was ranked number two, Juco transfer in the country, you could have a really good six, six man rotation there. And I don't know about some of the other guys after that, but I can tell you that uh, I think Dejon Davis, Jamal Bay and Emmett Matthews could be a problem. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting. You know, we mentioned Tommy Lloyd a couple of teams ago. I mean, Mike Hopkins was basically in Tommy Lloyd's shoes four or five years ago. He was the long-term assistant for uh, an under Bayheim at Syracuse. And uh, you know, went all the way across the country to take the uh, head coaching job at uh, Washington. Uh, you know, the last couple of seasons have been train wrecks, and they've had talent too. I yeah, mean, that, it, that's especially uh, 2019-2020. That team had talent, unbelievable man. amount of talent. But it's weird because eighteen here they 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 finish first. They win the Pac twelve. They 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 go to the second round of the NCAA tournament, and you're thinking, man, this guy's. I mean, based on his first two seasons, you're thinking this guy is a, a home run hire for them, right? Well, now, right. now they're in a spot where, I mean, last year to go five and 21 with a team that was, they were talented. I don't care what you say that that was a team that should not be five and 21. Yeah. And to lose all those transfers, it, it, it just smells like something isn't right there. You know, um, granted he's bringing in guys too. That's a, that's a common theme here. We're going to talk about a lot of teams that have a, a mass exodus of players that they're going to bring in a bunch of guys too. on paper. I'll say that the starting five sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Davis, I like Matthews was solid at WVU. I think Terrell Brown, I think you were overrating him a little bit last year. Yeah. He was good on Seattle, but when he stepped up in competition, a couple levels couldn't quite, uh, you know, per, uh, perform the same. And that, that'll probably be the case this year too. Uh, he's still solid. I'm not gonna, you know, but he's not that 20 point scorer that he was at Seattle. Um, so overall, you know, the starting five looks decent, but I have no faith in Mike Hopkins as a head coach. I think uh, chances are this season does not go well. And he has shown the door and gets fired. Yeah. Big year, big year. I think they're one of the more interesting teams in college basketball. I know you touched on Oklahoma on the big 12 episode, but we expect Oklahoma to be dancing this one though. I feel like if you look at the roster, I think you can make a case for them getting in the NCAA tournament, but I also think they could be horrible again. So uh, he's done bad with good rosters before. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly a team to watch because I, I don't know what to expect now. Uh, all right, I want to tell you folks out there that the college basketball experience is brought to you by Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? Because these days everything is go go go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and really an expectation to be on twenty four seven. 
Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it off and hit reset. And that's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Um, Coors Light's the one I choose when I when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, we're talking Pac-12 basketball, Nick. You know, I'm pre- I'm previewing this episode, and I look and I go, huh? Oregon State. This team might be really good again next year because breaking news: uh, Oregon State assistant Stevie Thompson recently confirmed that Ethan Thompson, uh, that's his dad, by the way, Stevie Thompson. Withdrew from the NBA draft and will return to the school where he will be one of the Huge. best players in the Pac-12. Huge. And the fact they're bringing back Jared Lucas. This guy played big for them last year at the point guard spot. And more importantly, the a couple this Worth Alatiche kid was, was good, man. Unbelievable in the tournament. Ten points a game, nine nine boards. He's back. And then do you remember Maurice Kalou? Uh, I know you look at the stats, six points a game. This guy played big in the tournament. Uh, OK State transfer. He's a junior power forward coming back. And then super senior Roman Silva, the seven, one guy says he's coming back for the extra year. I like him too. Gianni hunt who played big on the, the backup point guard role last year too. And power forward, Rodrique uh, and Andela and Della, I think it is. Uh, he is back. Really? You don't lose really anybody, dude. I mean, uh, no, yeah, they had a, a, they had what three or four transfers leave, but those guys were all pretty far on the bench. They left because they weren't getting playing time, and the schools they transferred to, Cal Poly, Austin P, Indiana State. I think it was pretty obvious those guys couldn't quite hack it on, you know, in the Pac-12. So, uh, but I like that they were aggressive in the transfer portal. Brought in Trey Williams from Minnesota, who I think could contribute. Uh, sure, and, and even. Uh, this kid from uh, Farley Dickinson, uh, you know, he's a fifth year senior, average twelve point now. That's at Farley Dickinson, but it's going to give him some depth depth at the guard spot. Xavier Malone, key uh, Xavier McDaniel and Malone, you know, there we go, um, dude. I, I I look at this roster and I go, what what am I missing? I guess I guess a lot of the public, a lot of the things I've read college going into the season um, didn't have Ethan Thompson coming back. So now that he's coming back that is a game changer. And this one is one that I think, you know, we just talked, Oh, well, you think you got your top three teams in, in, uh, in UCLA, Oregon and USC. I think Oregon state's in a better spot than USC. Well, I totally agree. I think I didn't name those top three schools. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause the top three schools, it definitely include Oregon state. You tell me that they basically get everybody back from a team that went to the elite eight. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know uh, I mean, what a run last year. First off, it was so obvious them as a 12 seed against overrated Tennessee and overrated Rick Barnes. <laughs> you know, I had Oregon state. I think in one of my brackets in the other. I didn't, I sh- I'm killing myself for not having them in both my brackets and, and everybody else who didn't take the beavers against Tennessee should be killing themselves. Well, uh, another thing was people were shocked. And I mean, I guess I was a little surprised, but throughout the year, I remember texting you early on when this team was kind of losing some games, I watched them and I go, man, I go, they're pretty good. Like, I I don't know, like one, they would jump up for one game and beat someone decent and then lose to some teams. They shouldn't, this is before they got hot, but you kind of saw flashes to me of like, I I don't know how they're not putting it together, but cause I see talent on the court. Well, they weren't putting it together because they had never played with each other. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the teams that brought in so. I mean, all those guys were were basically transfers in to new to to the school last year. So obviously, it takes time. I mean, basketball is a team sport. You can't just throw five pretty good players out there who's never who have never played together and expect them, you know, to to win the freaking Pac-12. So. Um, yeah, obviously it took a while to get on the same page. You have to give Wayne Tinkle all the credit in the world for doing that. And then the run, I mean, I mentioned the Tennessee win, but then knocking off Oklahoma state, knocking off Loyola, 
you know, unfortunately they lost to Houston there, but hell of a run. And I'm excited that it seems like all the players want to run it back. So man, I mean, yeah, they're going to be top three in the pac 12 and this is a team. I mean, they went to the elite eight last year. If you're, I know, I know what your next question is. What's your ceiling. This ceiling is the freaking final four. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder if you can capture lightning in a bottle, but I don't think it was a gimmick. I, I think you, you, when you have Ethan Thompson, who I think is one of the best players, one of the best shot creators in college basketball, um, you're going to have a shot. And I think when you have a guy like Warworth Alatisho, who I thought was the most underrated player, maybe in the NCAA tournament, this guy was a lockdown defender, super athletic. Yeah. Um, I, I thought this guy in the tournament was a matchup problem for everybody that they beat. Let's Every- not forget. They also won the PAC 12 tournament. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. They were playing. I mean, and we saw what the PAC 12 did in the NCAA tournament. So in order for them to win the PAC 12 tournament, you know, you knew they were playing excellent basketball and you know, I going into the NCAAs that there, there was a narrative. People were saying that maybe they kind of blew their load in the PAC 12 tournament. Well, no, they were just playing really damn good basketball and that continued in the nationals. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to watch them this year. I'm glad I'm happy for Wayne Tinkle. He was on the hot seat. That athletic director, I think wanted to fire him. So I knew there was riffles between them and it, it ends up the athletic director is the guy who gets fired because he was the guy that was okaying less miles to do all that crazy stuff at LSU. So uh, karma perhaps, but Wayne Tinkle survives and, and, and he's a good coach, man. He, glad I liked that team last year. So Let's switch over and talk about a team that uh, pulled the plug on Larry Kristoviak, former Milwaukee buck and, and went right down the road to Logan, Utah and hired Craig Smith, um, who I thought did a great job at Utah state. I loved watching Craig Smith's teams at Utah state. Now, once again, brand new coach. So everybody transferred Timmy Allen, their best player transfers to Texas. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, another really good player for them transfers to Illinois. Uh, we touched on Pell Larson going to, to uh, Arizona. I'm probably butchering that name um, and a few others, just a, a bunch of transfers out, but they do return some decent pieces. Brandon Carlson is back sophomore center. Also sophomore forward, uh, Michael uh, Jant I'm probably butchering that name too. Nine points, five boards, just about. And uh, junior power forward Riley Batten is back. Now you mix that in, and, and Nick, we have a classic situation here. You look at the guard Boff Gatch. Uh, he was at Utah just two years ago, so he went to Minnesota for one year. He was not good last year either. Did yeah, you watch some of them? He struggled. He struggled. He struggled big time. But he's back at Utah, maybe giving them some depth. But the real story in the transfer portal was them bringing in David Jenkins from UNLV. The kid was a stud at UNLV and also Marco Anthony from Utah state. And also Roley Worcester from Utah state. So good old Roley Worcester. <laughs> great name. It sounds like a, that's like a 1970s pitcher <laughs> and, and uh, looking at your old baseball cards or like 1950s baseball cards. Right. Um, but I don't know what to make. I, first off, you, you, I think we touched on this. I like the hire. I think they finally got their guy at Utah for, for a basketball coach, but year one, they're not dancing, right? No, I don't think so. I agree though. I think it was a good hire. You know, obviously the guy's familiar with the lay of the land um, and uh, they have some decent pieces returning and he is bringing two of his guys on his previous squad at Utah state. I think they'll be solid this year. I think you're probably looking at around a 500 record. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't watch a whole lot of Utah basketball last year just cause they really were, were never really relevant. Uh, they were what 12 and 13 overall eight and 11 uh, in conference first year. You're probably looking at similar records. I think uh, it, things are a, a success if you can get over 500 in the conference, but they'll probably fall a game or two short of that. Yeah. I'm interested to see cause Utah state really played great defense. I felt like uh, some of those years with him, it'll be interesting to see if he can get that going uh, in the pack 12. Um, all right. Now we're going to switch over and talk about the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, Tad Boyle doing a great job here. This was a school that ne- barely never ba- barely ever made the NCAA tournament. And he's taken them a few times. Now, now you lose McKinley, Wright, And then you actually lost some, some key players in the transfer portal. Surprisingly, I was shocked when Deshaun Swartz to average nine points a game. And you thought he was going to be averaging a lot more this year with McKinley, Wright gone. Transfers right. to George Mason. 
they lose some depth. Dallas Walton, their big man, tra- one of their big men on the bench transfers to wake Jariah uh, uh, Horn, who played really good for Colorado last year, transfers back to Tulsa where he was at two years ago. Once again, like both gotch. And uh, then, then a couple uh, of players that never got any burn transferred out, but they returned some key pieces at the same time. Evan Batty, 10 points a game, five boards started for them at power forward. He's back. Jabari Walker, son of Samaki Walker. This guy played big in the NCAA tournament. He is back. And I think we saw the potential of him. That guy, I think is going to be the best player on the team. Probably uh, Eli Parquet Parquet is back. And this is a guy that played great when McKinley Wright was injured. We saw some flashes. Uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew's back. Uh, Tristan De Silva, brother of Oscar uh, from Stanford, is back. He was just a freshman a year ago. They're waiting on word for Maddox Daniels, a, a fifth-year senior, if he's going to come back. But they have three top 100 recruits coming in. I, I, I mean, I, I think, and they, I should, I forgot to mention Mason Faulkner, guard from Western Carolina, who averaged 17 points a game just about a season ago. I think it's obviously hard to replace McKinley Wright. And some of those transfers are some key transfers. I think the ceiling here is NCAA tournament, but I also think gun to my head, they're probably on the outside, right? Yeah, I agree. I think this is a rebuilding season in Boulder. Uh, you know, Tad Boyle is doing a great job there. And when's the last time Colorado, you know, got three top 100 recruits in the same season. So he is putting Colorado on the map as far as, you know, we also have a basketball program and apparently the kids are listening cuz you know and look he went to DC, he went yeah, California, uh the 7 footer, I'm not even sure where he's from. Wyoming, but, Wyoming. I forgot to note that, but Okay. Here's something for you, man. He since he's been at Colorado 2010, right? He's only had three years where they didn't win 20 games. He's actually only had one losing season in his career as a head coach at Colorado. Wow. Not too shabby. I wonder if this is going to be season number two below 500. What do you think? I mean, he hasn't done that since 2014. I think they're going to find a way to get a winning record. I'm looking at like a 17, 15, something like that, but Over, hey. overall record. Yeah. In conference. I don't know, man, because you know, we're projecting the pac 12 to be a very good conference this year, which means if you're 500, you're probably floating around the bubble. I just think they, they lost too much and there's too many question marks with the roster here. I think, like I said, this is a rebuilding year. I think next year, watch out for Colorado, but I think this year they're, they're below 500 in conference and they do miss out on the NCAAs. Yeah. Uh, one of the things to watch that I feel like Boyle does well is he wins at home. He wins at home. I feel like they really take care of business in Boulder. If they can continue to do that, it'll give them a shot at uh, at perhaps making the NCAA tournament. That will definitely provide a solid base of conference wins if you win most of your home games. So that's definitely a nice starting place. Yeah. Uh, so let's go Buffs. All right. Uh, all right, guys. I want to tell you guys the college basketball experience is brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship or Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other sports bettors like yourself. It's pretty cool here. You see a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Well, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Just two weeks ago, PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup future for just $45 when the team was down three to one. You might remember that one against the Maple Leafs, but a few days later, he flipped it for 600 with prop swap. Your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500. They're giving you $500 in bonus cash. Go to propswap.com or download the prop swap app today. And while you're downloading apps, the most important thing I think here is the download us, the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the app store and Google play store. The app gives you access easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and content. Plus the app is an exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests, including right now, we have an NBA finals, SGPN NBA finals, free roll for giving away a thousand dollars. The contest locks at the end of this week. So just download the app, hit the contest tab for your chance to take home a thousand dollars. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. Uh, where are we at here? Let's talk a little bit about the California golden bears. Interesting. Interesting. We were looking at this being, uh, you know, with Matt, if Matt Bradley was coming back, I thought this was the year that Cal would make the, the, the push for their, their NCAA tournament, their Mark Fox, former Georgia head coach, but Matt Bradley, their leading scorer transfers to San Diego state. 
They do bring in a guard, Jordan Shepard from Charlotte got about 12 points a game down there in Charlotte with the 49ers. But another, some other good news for them is they brought back two super seniors. And I think that's always good for depth, you know, with the NCAA COVID rule, uh, super senior power forward from Australia, Grant, uh, you got Antchevich, nine points well, a game. That's pretty good. Solid. Yeah. Uh, nine points a game, five boards. Also super senior guard, Malachi Foreman. He is back. Uh, is that Mikhail? I'm sorry. Mikhail Foreman back seven points a game. And then the, the, their second leading score on the team from a season ago, junior forward, Andre Kelly is back at 10.6 boards a game. After that, they do bring back a lot of young depth that played some minutes last year, but uh, overall this team was bad. Now I, I feel like towards the end of the year, they started to play a little bit better, but what's your take on the golden bears? Yeah. Nine and 20 overall, only three and 17 in conference last year. I think they had some injuries too. I want to say Bradley was, was hurt, nicked up for at least, at least a handful of games. If my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, they weren't very good last year. I will say usually on teams that go three and seven in uh, three and 17 in conference, usually there's a mass exodus of transfers that didn't really happen here. Granted Bradley left and one guy off the bench left, but a lot of guys came back and that at least tells me is you know that they believe in, in head coach Mark Fox and they like playing for him. So that's on the, that's the bright side. <laughs> uh, the, the other side of that coin is that these guys might not just be all that good. <laughs> down, I think down the stretch though, this year, that down, down the stretch. I mean, they beat Colorado. They beat Colorado. They almost swept them. The second game, they only lost by three. They beat Stanford. The, I'm telling you, I, I thought they lose by two to Oregon State on the the final week of the season, or the, the almost the final week of the season. Um, uh, they lose by one to Utah. Are they as bad as we th- think? I mean, they lose by well, four at Arizona State. And perhaps that's why these guys returned. Uh, perhaps that's why super seniors are coming back. They believe maybe that you know what we were on the cusp of really you know winning some ball games last year. Let's come back and do it and just lay it out all on the line. So. I don't know. I think they're a team where they're going to be better than expected, but I mean, they were just so, I mean, their record is so bad last year. It's hard to see them yeah. flipping the record and making the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I do think they will be much improved and they're probably one of those teams that you might look, especially early to, to take as the underdog. Cause yeah. uh, they're probably gonna be, you know, uh, they're probably going to be getting eight, 10, 12 points. I mean, obviously regarding, uh, uh, you know, who they're playing, but uh, yeah, they might surprise some people. They might win a couple games. They have no business in winning overall though. Uh, probably missing out on the NCAAs. I agree. Missing out on the NCAAs, but uh, interested to see if he can get them playing better. If they can just have a 500 season, then maybe they can start to get the ball moving in the right direction. How long has he been there now? I, I think it's not long because uh, uh, they had Quanzo Martin. I want to say this is year I'm guessing year three, if I had to guess, let's see right now, pulling it up. Uh, he has been, he is in year th- this next year, this upcoming year will be year three. Okay. So year one, he was 14 and 18 finished eighth in the conference last year, finished 12th, eight and 19 overall. Well, I mean, Cal hasn't been relevant since Jason Kidd, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually think Quanzo Martin got them to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. had some, some solid seasons over the years, but on the Rio, really looking at it. They haven't been very good lately. So uh, Mark Fox still probably a few more years there. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm very interested on this next team. I am very interested on your take on this next team, because I think you want to talk about one flying under the radar in the, in the pac 12 it's the Washington state Cougars. Uh, Cause they were incredibly, incredibly young a season ago, right? Isaac Bonton, who's, who's, testing the NBA waters right now. If they get him back and I don't know, I try, I was trying to find information. If he's going to come back, I, I, the jury's still out. I think um, that would be unbelievably huge. Cause they're bringing back their sophomore guard, Noah Williams, 14 points a game. They're fr- the, look, look how young they were a season ago, Nick for uh, their freshman FA uh, uh, Abo Gidi, it's 9.7 <laughs> boards. Their other freshman uh, Deshaun Jackson, Seven points, four boards. Sophomore DJ Robbins, son of Dennis Robbins, six points, four boards. Uh, look at all that depth that got burned as a freshman or sophomores. They land the number forty-nine recruit in the nation in Mohammed uh, 
guy from, from California power forward. And then the transfer portal. I like Kim Aiken played big in the NCAA tournament for Eastern Washington. And then Michael flowers from South Alabama, averaging 21 points a game. Tell me this. If they get Bonson back, this could be a sneaky team in the pac 12. I like that's the big if right there. I like Kyle Smith, but I like what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, kind of similar to what I just said with Cal, they did not have a very good season last year. I think they were the bottom, what bottom third or or bottom quarter of the league. Uh, But they didn't really lose that much. Uh, Only two reserves. So once again, that means to me that the players are buying in. They're there for a purpose. They see where the program is heading and they want to be a part of it. They were 14 and 13 overall last year. So in conference, just seven and 12, but this is a team that beat Oregon state. This is a team that actually at, at home you go through, this is a team that lost to Arizona in double overtime. This is a team that, uh, you know, I, I I'm telling you this team beat Washington. Uh, obviously they weren't that great. They beat Oregon by three at Oregon. Um, they beat UCLA by eight, it, you know, in, in Pullman, they were good, really good in Pullman. They were really bad on the road, but, and that seems like that's been the case the last couple of years. And cause we've, we've talked about this last year. Pullman is a tough place to play. I mean, it's tough to get to it's out in the middle of nowhere. You know, we talked about the kids from like UCLA or the kids from USC or Arizona. They're not getting pumped to go to Pullman and play Washington state Cougars on a Tuesday night or something. You know, it's just, it's a game that's hard to get up for. Uh, so especially we're talking about, you know, 20 year olds, 21 year olds. So Washington state has always been a tough place to play. That'll continue this year. What they need to do is be more consistent on the road, get some of those W's and who knows, maybe we're talking uh, a surprise birth in the tournament um, with the way they were so young. It makes me believe, look, this is Kyle Smith year three comes in year one at Wazoo. He actually had a great year considering before 16 and 16. Right, that was a decent year for Wazoo, considering the year before. Then fourteen and thirteen last season, but uh, so many freshmen and sophomores playing uh, last year. They're back this year. I, I, I'm telling you, get Bonson back, and and you might have some magic going on in Pullman. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're. I think Kyle Smith's a really good coach. He was great at at at, uh, his other stops at Columbia and uh, San Francisco. So I expect them to to be a player this year. I think he might be onto something, but it all hinges on Bonson. Yeah, that's going to be something to watch in the next two weeks here. Um, and here we are at uh, one of the more interesting teams in, in uh, from a season ago because at one point they looked really good, and then at other points they were a mess. Um, and I'm talking about the Stanford Cardinals early in the year. I think we all had them penciled in as a tournament team. Down the stretch, this team faded, faded. Now. Oscar De Silva, who I touched on his brothers at Colorado. He's gone. He went to the pros uh, in Europe, I believe to play and uh, Zaire Williams projected, you know, top 15 pick in the NBA draft. He was a stud freshman from a season ago and they lose uh Dejon Davis, their, their guard to Washington. That one hurts because it's in conference, but they are bringing in two top hundred recruits, basically two top 70 recruits that will help. Um, they also are getting back uh, Jaden Delaire. He was a key player a season ago at, at just 12 and a half points, four boards. They're bringing back some other young pieces, sophomore forward, Spencer Jones, uh, junior guard, Bryce Wills is back. Even uh freshman guard, Michael O'Connell. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, what do we think with Haas and, and, and uh, this, this Cardinal team, they're weird. I, I don't know what to project with this team. Yeah. I'll say last year, they're probably one of the most disappointing teams for me. Uh, I was, I, I rode those guys in 2019 big time as far as covering spreads, because they were flying under the radar and they were better than most people knew. And I thought it was shaping up for a big 2020 and it just, it just never happened. De Silva, injuries, well, I think. De, yeah, De Silva got injured. That was our leading yeah, score. Obviously that was a big blow. Uh, but yeah, I know Zaire Williams was a big time recruit last year. It's kind of disappointing to see he only was there one year, never you know, really realized his potential there. So I don't know. I, it seems like the wind has been taken out of the Stanford sales and uh, I'm not sure what to expect this year. I don't think they're going to be all that good. Uh, I think those freshmen are going to have to to step in immediately and contribute big time. And you know, even though they, they are pretty highly rated recruits, that's kind of a lot to ask. Yeah. I mean, the guy though has rattled off 
I mean, he was 14 and 12 a season ago. The year before that, they were 20 and 12. They were going to make the tournament probably, but we didn't have it because of COVID. Uh, the year before that, they were 15 and 16. The year before that, they were 19 and 16. It's actually a big year for him. It's actually a big year for him because he hasn't made the NCAA tournament. The one year he was going to make it, <laughs> COVID hits. Uh, that was that was the year when I kept on betting him and they kept on coming through for me. But yeah, I, I think they miss out this year. And uh, if I think that that seat that seat is very quickly warming up for the the old uh, Kansas Jayhawk uh, shooting guard. Yeah, he might get one more year. I think. I don't think he's. I think it, let's say they miss the tournament. I think he might get one more year after this. Um. All right. So that is that concludes our Pac-12 uh, previews. There of going by position, position, and team by team. Um. The question is, is uh, what's what's your order here? I think we both agree UCLA is the one. Regardless, I mean, Oregon might press them without Jazang, but I still think UCLA. You gotta have them number one, two Oregon, three Oregon State. Are we in complete agreement there? No, I'll flip the Oregon schools on you. I'm going to go UCLA one, Oregon state two, Oregon three, uh, just cause I think there's more continuity with Oregon state, makes which sense. means usually means a better regular season, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you make a strong point there, make a strong point there. Maybe I would agree with that. So maybe I'll, 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 I'll change my horses in midstream there. Um, okay. At four, we're going to go USC. You know, Obviously, a lot of this hinges upon who comes back, because that's not sure yet. But I think Arizona State might push for fourth, USC fifth, um, Arizona sixth. Where, where is How's that sound I, so far? I mean, I think, who, you know, I, I, I think Arizona State's the wild card there. But I think, I think, I mean, I think Washington State and Colorado. It wouldn't shock me if they were better than Arizona. At, no, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have uh, Washington State after Arizona, Colorado after Washington State, and we're dropping down pretty far here. Uh, I guess give me Cal, and then we'll round things out with Washington, uh, Washington, Utah, and Stanford. Not in those three are gonna be the worst schools. I, I mean, Stanford's pretty solid. They shouldn't be a, that far down. I, I I still think Utah, Cal, and and Washington are battling for the basement. I think Washington probably has the most talent, but probably the worst coaching situation. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement there. Um how many teams are getting in then? I think they get in 6. After last year, the committee might be a little a little lenient towards saying, "Hey, maybe we should let some of these back 12 schools yeah, in." Yeah, I think you're looking at 5 or 6. I mean, okay, so the gimmies, you know they're going to make it. UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, USC. Yeah, I think that's a gimme. And then Maybe both Arizona schools, maybe Colorado sneaks up in there or Washington state, Washington state you know, uh, maybe even Stanford. Five, <laughs> sure. I, I would say five or six, but uh, you know, I, yeah, probably six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, Washington's got the talent to make the NCAA tournament. It's just, can they put it together? Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Washington or Stanford. You had to pick who, who has the better chance of making the tournament? I'll go Stanford, I suppose, just because they're more solid, they're more consistent. But I, w- I will agree that Washington has the higher upside just due to the better talent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, guys, uh, if you're a first time listener to the College Basketball Experience, make sure you subscribe. This is our off season edition where we're going conference by conference, just highlighting on the crazy off season with the transfer portal with uh, Roy Williams and coach K stepping down, Tommy Lloyd going to Arizona. I mean, a lot of big time positions opened up this year, Porter Moser. Um, so uh, we're trying to just keep everyone informed in the off season because this year, I mean, it's just, I don't think any, there's been a year for college football and college basketball as crazy as this off season, both sports. Uh, yes. We do talk college football year round on the college football experience. And uh, obviously we're talking college basketball around or year round on the college basketball experience. Subscribe to both feeds. Um, Me, Patty C and C Nick here. Uh, We handicap every single division one college basketball and college football game. We've been over 500 each and every season, each and every season for the past four years. Uh, the, uh, we've only been doing it four years. So, uh, I mean, we're also way over 500 on our locks. We give you all of that on a spreadsheet over at sports gambling podcast.com. So make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, 
look, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to iTunes? Give us a five-star review. It's a brand new feed. The college basketball experience. We need reviews. Get in there, write a nice review. If you do take a screenshot, tag me at the Colby D on Twitter, and I will send you a college experience t-shirt. Uh, give me a follow as well. Like I said, at the Colby D Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one NC Nick here in studio here uh, on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K give all of them a follow and make sure you follow the sports gambling podcast at the SGP network, download that SGPN app too. That thing is great. All of our picks will be right there as well. And check out the slack for sports gambling podcast.com or check out all that stuff. All right. Uh, this is the college basketball experience pack 12 off season check-in. You better start thinking about yours. And we have to.